Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 357 being recorded on July 8th, 2015. I'm Ryan Schrupp. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Malmontano. And uh, we have a special guest joining us from a remote location on site live to report on the hardware news force. We have our very own Sebastian Peak. Sebastian, how you doing out there? Thanks, Alan. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, <laughs> Uh, right here now live falls <laughs> uh, i'm sorry josh i didn't catch that me. could you could you repeat that for me please there's a lot of wind noise here <laughs> uh, are the wolves getting closer <laughs> the wolves that is not confirmed at this time the wolves are neither closer nor farther away so Sebastian is here uh, for our in the in a very far distance very far away reporting of the latest hardware news um, i did get this I did just get oh, this in, yes, so good. I'm just gonna. Thank you. We'll just okay. Now we'll uh, he can report the far over spending news. What do oh, we got this doesn't, there? This doesn't look good. No, this doesn't look good, Ryan. No, it's. I don't know if you want me reading this out loud on the air. Uh, I was sued by them a while ago. It's, it's oh, fine. Okay. We'll just. All right, just, I'll just, just put that back okay. here. Okay, I'll, I'll just. That's fine. We'll just. Uh, we'll just save that for later in the show. That's. That'll be important at some point in the future. Um, so welcome to the show, everybody. We're here to talk about computer hardware. Um, uh, and also on location, which secrets out, it's actually just right over there uh, in our remote B set, if you will. I was going to say, it looks like you have a massive studio, if you know what I mean. It's massive in that I can almost touch Sebastian's shoulder from here <laughs> if I just reach far enough. But the magic of cameras and lighting uh, and also very tight quarters and requirements. Well, speaking of tight quarters, Josh, as you know, <laughs> it's not the size of the studio that counts. It's... How you set it up. It's how much AV equipment you can shove into it. <laughs> yes. That's correct. It's always about how much you can shove into it. So. How much IKEA furniture? How, how much, much IKEA? how much IKEA furniture can you get we, in one location? We appropriately adore I mean, this that is the set. I mean, Sebastian really should be on the IKEA set yes. when it comes right down to if it. You, if you look behind me, we're looking at some, some attractive IKEA shelving. It's affordable. It's available at your local IKEA. <laughs> what model is that? Uh, this is the Calyx. See, he's got. Is, he knows. Uh, they're four by four. And what table are we at here? This yes. is. The, uh, I don't know the name of this table. I think it's a Gallant. Okay. It's the Bacant. Bacant. I'm sorry. I have a piece of Gallant furniture in my house. I think all the other desks are Gallant. This yeah. is Bacant. This is the uh, stand because uh, it's like a a burnt. It's Bacant. B e k a n t. Bacant. Okay. It has buttons. Okay. Yeah, you can raise and lower the chair to your, <laughs> to your left. There. B for buttons. Yeah. It's a power. It's a power table. So, okay. Sebastian. Yeah, Josh. Did, did you actually bring those great O headphones all the way from Michigan with you? These are Koss Portapro oh, Porta Pro Junior. Okay, for a minute, because go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because I thought the Grado had a pair that looked kind of like that. They have the E Grados. They have a band that goes behind your head. Ah. Okay, nerds, are we done? Gosh. And did you bring files. All right, that's been the PC Perspective Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm Josh Walrich. JoshTech.com podcast follows immediately on most stations. Yeah, yes. it does. It does. Um, so uh, we record the show, by the way, which is what we're doing right now, if you're on the live channel, PCPro.com slash live. We do this on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, there or thereabouts. Always on, on time. Uh, never on time. 
uh, sometimes on time, but never on time. If you need a reminder, also, if you're watching the live version, you got to see a whole lot of interesting behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff before uh, we actually get the recording going correctly. So if you go to PCPro.com slash subscribe, you can take to this little page here that asks for your name and your email address. And all we do here is we'll send you an update uh, when we're about to do a live event, whether it be the podcast, whether it be a special live stream, maybe a game stream where we give away some hardware and some game keys. Uh, we do a lot of that type of stuff. So make sure you go sign up for that list if you have not already. It's very easy. It's very simple. Josh doesn't get to use it. So it's very safe in that regard. Um, so we should be we should be good. But let's get into uh, the stuff for this week because there was a lot of stuff. We're going to run through a whole bunch of things quickly if we can, uh, starting with We'll go through this really quick because this was a rumor that basically came out right after our podcast last week. Uh, Intel following up Skylake, potentially, based on a rumor, with something called Cabby Lake, uh, which is interesting because it is it would be a shift from the TikTok model that Intel has had for quite some time in terms of uh, new process technology, then new architecture, then new process technology with the same architecture and the new architecture. So it kind of, it was it's cycling back and forth. The, the theory behind this rumor is that because there was a delay on the 10 nanometer architecture on Intel's production side, that in order to fill this kind of time gap, Intel is introducing Cabby Lake, which allows us to, or allows them rather to kind of add some extra features, maybe add some performance, get to some different TDP levels. Um, Josh, did you see these rumors? Do you have any thoughts on this? And would it make sense for Intel to do that, knowing what we think we know about kind of the delays in uh, the 10 nanometer process? Yeah, because <clears throat> Intel is all about moving more products forward and uh, making sure that you have things that you want to buy from them. It's kind of strange that way. I mean, why would you want to keep the same product for... The next several years when you can make something new. But anyway, uh, yeah, we kind of figured that there were some issues in getting down to lower process technology. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of money involved. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of risk. They have to do crazy things like, uh, uh, what, double masking, and, and they're looking into triple masking now with like 10 nanometer stuff because EUV is only now starting to show promise and they're they're starting to install uh, the into fabs now for some basic test runs and uh, low level type stuff so ten meter ten nanometer it just i mean they're they're very gung ho about it saying hey we're going to get it at this point and it's it's just not i mean in fact really only now are we starting to see a lot of really good amounts of 14 nanometer stuff um, even then on what Haswell the vast majority it's still a 22 nanometer product mm -hmm. and uh, what is Broadwell Broadwell yep Broadwell I mean we only have what two or four SKUs on 1150 and those are still very very rare yeah very rare and not entirely well distributed like they're not pushing them, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, the so far is been good for has been the low uh, wattage bars, TDPs, and that kind of makes sense when we consider where the entire foundry uh, groups have been. I mean, GPUs have been stuck to twenty-eight nanometer. They they apparently were some designs going for twenty nanometer planar, 
and nothing worked out because it just was not appropriate for for them. Uh, 16 and 14 nanometer FinFET. We still don't know if if that's going to be good for a lot of these large TDP products. Right. Um, we'll see. So yeah, it, it's it, but it makes sense because. 14 nanometers, it, it's starting to get into its stride. I think, uh, you know, at least for Intel, it's going to be good for them. But I really wonder how high in TDPs they can actually go with this process technology. Because so far, it certainly has not been a panacea for uh, Intel, except on the mobile where you're dealing with low TDPs. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, eventually they're going to work things out and they're going to make different design rules. They're going to do different things that will more adequately fit the designs to the process technology. We'll probably get bigger, faster designs eventually, and that's probably what Katie Lake is, is going to be. Yep. So we'll see if that actually pans out. I, I imagine we'll, if this is a true, we'll maybe hear something at IDF, which is actually occurring in August this year instead of September. Um, so maybe we'll hear stuff about that since Skylake will, in theory, be launching around that time or before that. Uh, more to come soon. Uh, also, we'll talk about real quick this week, Mori posted a review that looks at GTX 970 SLI scaling performance. Uh, and also was uh, an ability, capability for him to show off the new Asus SLI bridge here. It seems like, like who else had one? EVGA had their own custom SLI bridge, and then obviously NVIDIA made their own as well. This is a little bit different. It uses, I imagine NVIDIA is not super ecstatic about the red coloring. That's the ROG thing. Right? It is. Like, it makes sense. But uh, one thing I'll notice here is you can see, like, the two-way configuration options, uh, three-way and four-way. However, when we did our three-way testing, we had to space it out in such a way that it was uh, one card, two cards, and then, like, where the fourth card would be, the third card rested. Yeah. None of these worked None for of those that. bridges so would work. We were glad to have had the, uh, the kind of... One card, flexible. two card, red card, blue card? Right. Flexible exactly. ribbon. Thing? Yeah, the flexible yeah. ribbon-based three-way SLI, because otherwise that would not have been possible. Yeah. Um, so that's the SLI bridge part of it. Nothing too dramatic there. But this is, if you remember last week, the week before, Maury posted a story looking at um, the water blocks that he put on the EVGA GTX 970s. Yep. And so he was just basically using this as an excuse to test the performance of these parts, see what kind of scaling and overclocking capability you're really able to get out of it. Um, and obviously, SLI is not, re- usually, not usually going to affect that type of stuff. So um, if we look at – where's a good one to look at here? Fire, Firestrike Ultra benchmark SLI versus – so here's a single score stock – you know, you're looking at uh, graphics or 2700, and he was able to get it as high as um, looks like 5657 in SLI when overclocked as well. It's not and bad. That's, that's pretty good scaling rate. Obviously, that's a synthetic benchmark, yeah. which is what he's looking at here on those. But you know, you're still going from Arkham Origins. You get 75 to 109 frames per second. A new game, but not the best scaling. Right. Or I guess Origins is not the new game, right? That's uh, Arkham Knight is the newest one. Metro Last Light scaling from 60 to up to 99. More impressive performance there than Grid 2, 127 up to 227. Pretty pretty good results there. So, you know, Mori did a good job, kind of just. Just basically showing you, hey, we got these water blocks. Yeah. Hey, we've got them overclocked. Hey, yes, you're going to see scaling. And hey, look, an SLI bridge. I mean, they look cool. The bridges yeah. look cool. The water I mean, blocks look cool. If you 
I mean, the, the red color style is something that's kind of hard to find if you're doing NVIDIA-based products. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have, an, uh, if you have a, a red motherboard, you know, Gigabyte and, and Asus and I think MSI, they all have some boards that are red-black combination. I get the feeling that Mori is preparing for QuakeCon. It seems that way. Usually uh, in the June-July time frame, suddenly yeah. Mori has this new system build he's working on mm-hmm. to, to take to QuakeCon. So. And newly cracked CPUs. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it going to go Fresh cracked this morning. I was trying not to go there either, but of course. All right, let's move on and talk about massive SSDs. Yeah. Compared to STDs, which... We don't want massive STDs. that's on Josh Tech. That's a a very different website. Yeah. Um, So, Alan, you posted a review of Samsung 850 Evo and Samsung 850 Pro. Uh Uh-huh. Two terabyte SATA SSDs. Yeah, same two and a half inch form factor. Looks just like every other 850 series SSD. Except, just happens to be two terabytes of capacity. So, the one terabyte was already out. Yes. Is there a reason why they didn't make a 1.5, you think? They could have made a 1.5 out of the Evo. Because there's a 750 of the Evo, isn't there? Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That wouldn't have worked. No, there's only a... 250, 500. And a one... Is there a 750 of either of those? 850 Pro or 850 Evo? I'm just, ta- I'm just basing that on how they were stacking oh, okay. dies within the packages and like yeah. you know how, that, how all that math was working out. Um Part of it was just die capacity, as there was actually a little bit more detail in the article about that. Yeah. Um, the other part of it was controller capability, right? You need an SSD controller that's a little bit faster and can address, like, twice the amount of flash. So the right? SSD controller has to be faster because there's a lookup table that converts yeah. what the, where the operating system thinks data is to where the data actually is on the SSD. Right. And the processor is responsible for handling those requests. Yeah, it's like a the database. There's, yeah. there's a database within the SSD, and every time you do a read, it has to do a lookup, right? Okay. Um, so, you know, it needs twice as much DRAM attached to the controller. Who knows if the last generation of it maybe could only address one gig of DRAM and these have two gig of DRAM, mm, so they might yeah. have had to make a change there. We don't have the very specifics of what like specific thing was changed, but we do know it's new generation controller to support the two terabyte capacity. There is no seven hundred and fifty gig of either of those drives. Well, there isn't. There there was a seven fifty of the the eight forty okay. Evo. Alright, so I'm not completely out of it. I just it, also checked. You're correct. Th- yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank it you. didn't it yes. didn't sell like it was such an oddball capacity like nobody bought it. So I I mean sure whatever. They just you know, kept but wait, it, uh, I mean, you're talking about a 500 gig difference between one and 1.5 versus one to two. Right. Just cost savings alone might be worth having something there. But, I, but either way, regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, what, where did we find this in terms of performance? So the same. So the the deal with the uh, so first of all, just to get the pro out of the way, the pro pretty much saturates SATA no matter what you're doing, especially at the high capacities. Okay. Right? Um, you might see a little bit of a write speed not going, not saturating SATA on an 850 Pro like 128 gig or something, but that's almost immediately gone by the time you get to 256 because VNAND is so fast, right? Gotcha. It's basically twice the write speed compared to the, the equivalent planar NAND, the equivalent planar capacity of an SSD. So fast, right? really fast. <laughs> when you get to the uh, when you get to the Evos. Pretty much once you hit the 500 gig point on an 850 Evo, you're already saturating SATA on write speeds as well also. Okay. Right? So That's you're already there. You, you're already there at the 500 gig point. So the one terabyte and the two terabyte points, they're just still saturating on reads and writes. Okay. Right? It's pretty much, that's just how the deal is. Um, we did notice kind of 
a weird thing with the mixed iometer workloads on the 850 Evo 2TB. Uh, I think that's not so much a controller issue as it was just kind of like maybe a tuning thing. Like the, the firmware, we don't, we're not sure that the firmware that was on our unit is a retail firmware. Mm. There was some verbiage in the review guide that talked about it being pre- pre-release firmware. So maybe it's just not totally done yet. Um, we fed that back to Samsung and they're looking into it. But it's basically the drives were not ramping up the same way that we're used to seeing them mm, in yeah. iometer. Um, the one terabyte Evo 850 is actually on that same chart, but you can see that orange line there kind of takes a while to scale up. This kind to of full. reddish thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just doing kind of a weird thing where the performance is a little bit lower than we would expect. And you have to remember, though, uh, the cache is full on that benchmark by the time it gets to that point. So that's basically gotcha. writing to TLC. However, the cache is also full on the one terabyte model, also in that same chart by the time it gets to that point, and it didn't have an issue. So and I think the that, average gamer, that's actually the more important score, isn't it? No, because that's... The low Q depth? Well, it's low Q depth, but mixed workload low Q oh, okay. depth. In other words, there's reads and writes simultaneously happening, and they're random across the full span of the SSD, it's basically like, those tests are like torture tests for SSDs. So the um, average gamer is not going to notice a single thing difference. They're not going to see stuff like that. Yeah. They would see what more what more shows in the web server test, which is a couple of tests up, um, which is more just pure reads, and all the SSDs really have no issue just like saturating you know, the, that, that IOPS limit that they all reach is just the theoretical, how fast can you get those uh, chunks of data across SATA 6 gigabit. Gotcha. Like, you're basically just saturating it, even though it's random access. Sure. Um, and all the drives, even even uh, that new 850 Evo had no issue with that. So, um, I would suspect that that's the kind of thing that, like, a you know, a glitch in firmware that they're probably going to look at before release, hmm. which is interesting. They're not on sale yet. They won't tell me when they are, but I'm guessing it's fast because there's usually not much of a delay between Samsung sampling a product you know, yeah, we still NDA. haven't seen it actually show up for sale yet, though. Right. Uh, Pricing-wise, they're they're telling us that the Evo will be about forty cents per gig, so eight hundred dollars for the two terabyte version. Yeah. Uh, and the A fifty Pro will be a thousand dollars for the two terabyte version. And those are MSRPs, right? Which usually, you know, street price we tends see to be a little bit lower. We, yeah, over time, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, for everybody else on the on the panel here, if you will, as including our remote uh, location, Sebastian. Is is the eight hundred dollar price tag so high that it kind of scares you off of buying any SSD at this, regardless of kind of that? Even though you know you're getting a fairly good value for two terabytes of storage, I think of you know two terabytes of storage as being long term storage. So yeah. for me, I would just get like a Western Digital drive, pay like 100, 120 bucks for it, and store all my stuff on it. And use the SSD as a boot drive and for my games. So I just can't see spending that much money on an SSD just yet. Yeah. It depends on what your needs are. Josh, I'm just kind of look at it so, so close to the price of an Intel 750 1.2 terabyte. So that's that true. 800 gigs close. worth of difference for that extra speed, yeah, that's, it's that's a an interesting. Choice. That's an interesting trade-off, right? Like, if you, if you want the, the speed issue, if you want to have the fastest possible storage, then the NVMe SSD 750 series is the way to go. Yeah. And for about the same price, close-ish. Uh, about a thousand fifty now. Yeah, I, I don't you're think sacrificing that, capacity. I don't think the market for this is desktop necessarily. I think it's laptop with one two and a half inch drive bay 
person wants a lot of storage on their Maybe. laptop. Maybe. Josh, what were you going to say? I was going to say that uh, after eight months, I'd look back and say, you know, that $400 I could have had in my bank account would have made a big difference to me and my children's education. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Anyway, what, you uh, well, what about what about we're talking about? I mean, <laughs> valuable less. Okay, indeed. So I, I, the way I look at this is it's a super high price because it, that becomes the most – that's likely the most expensive component in your system. Yeah. And to me, the benefit of a two-terabyte drive is that you never have to worry about moving things back and forth. That's true. You know, Do you have to worry about what games you're playing now and moving them from the main storage to the secondary storage? Yeah, that would be a sweet, sweet game drive. Yeah. Get yeah, goodness drive. knows. I've got like 1.25 terabytes of games <laughs> on my computer right now. Right. And so and, speed. and being able to have that kind of at full speed all the time is, is a benefit. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much you're willing to pay for it. Yeah. Based on the response to this, kind of the positive response, I think there's a, there's a good segment of people that will be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my my suggestion, the pro though. comes with a decade warranty. Which is impressive. Well, that's the, pretty good. Yeah, the, the Pro is ten years. The Evo's five yeah. years. Five years is still pretty long for. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, me personally, if I was in a desktop system and I needed two terabytes of SSD storage, then I, even me at home, being this PC perspective storage editor, I don't have two terabytes of SSDs connected to my home system. Okay. Like I just don't need that much SSD because I've gotten myself into the mentality of the hard drives. Are the big cold storage kind of thing? Like sure. The, just move the stuff off of the it. SSD as you go, but right? Don't we? Isn't our goal to not have to make that decision? That would be nice for everything to be SSD. That'd yeah. be great. Um, Ten cents a gig. And even if I was to need two terabytes, uh, and I didn't want to go the PCI Express route for a desktop, mm-hmm. um, I would probably do a pair of one terabytes. If I wanted two I terabytes know, specifically, I know you guys still talk right? about. I just I would do the I raid. Can't get behind raid. Still, like wholeheartedly. It's not like we had a raid raid die at the office. It's not like yeah. we had a raid raid go and degrade right. on us this week. The, this office is it wasn't SSDs to, to, to be. No, this office. That's the first time this has happened at this office. It's true. It's it true. was my house where it all happened before. Yeah, and that wasn't even my system. This is Ken's fault. If it's anybody's fault, nah, he had a hard drive die. We didn't lose any data. Just hard drive no. died in a mirror. But raid. if you had a raid zero ray, oh, it would have been gone. You would have lost all your data. <laughs> that's true, right? So it, there's. You double no, your. No, Alan would have recovered it. I probably would have. No, but you know, you double with your failure toothpick with and some rubber bands. Right? I mean, not that I'm not that I think SSDs out of it. Yeah, not that I think SSDs. Are really Josh is completely die, correct. Whatever. <laughs> so that, I think that's a. I think that's a pretty cool product. I think there will be a lot of uh, attention paid to it when I, it actually does come out. I also example. like the fact that you're seeing prices of the other capacities coming down even a little bit more. Yeah, you sold 500 gigs on for like 32 cents a gig. Yeah. So it's a 500 gig drive for how much dollars? 162 bucks. 162 American dollars for 500 gig. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. It's pretty good. That's you nice. Could buy, you could buy four of those. Now convert four that. Four way rate it. Convert that to uh, two thousand. Uh, four way rate zero. Dollars? Like that's, rate zero. That's hard right now. Right. How about Grecian drachmas? So that would bring that would that, that would be 600 bucks. Like it's 640. 640. If you had 32 cents per gig for the two terabyte drive, it's 640 dollars. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, a few cents of per gig makes a dramatic difference in your overall overall yeah, price. It starts too. With the lower you go, now, now if you're at six hundred dollars to eight hundred dollars, now that's again another compelling reason to do that. So yep. uh, check out that review if you guys haven't seen it yet. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it'll be a really popular product come uh, second half of this year. Now we're going to go uh, remote on location uh, to talk with our very own Sebastian Peak. 
He's on location because he had to sit far away because he had all this data churning through his head that he needed his own little space to really get into uh, this quad-core gaming roundup that he did, which is essentially, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Sebastian. Yes. Uh, it is a let's test as many GPUs as possible. Not many, let's test a whole lot of GPUs with a whole lot of CPUs and see how CPU scaling affects graphics and gaming performance. Does that uh, seem fairly accurate? Some people call this a labor of love. <laughs> Other people call it a waste of time. But Sebastian Whoa. was able to compile data in such a way as to convince his wife that it wasn't such a bad idea. Correct. Which is why they call him the Midnight Cowboy. So, uh, before... <laughs> before uh, before Seba- I have Sebastian kind of dive into this, I will say that we did record a short video... Uh, discussing a lot of the results, so we're just going to give you a truncated version of those results. I'll tell you to read the article on PCPer.com, and then if you need more audible uh, explanation, that you check out that too as well. But, I mean, Sebastian, tell me what the the premise was for the story, I guess, and then uh, what kind of results, like kind of general consensus of results did you find? Well, basically there's a lot of theory about what processor... You know, you should go for depending on the video card, which is more important, GPU or CPU, if you're upgrading. And we can look at you know stuff on paper, but I really just wanted some empirical data that I came up with myself. I just wanted to run benchmarks with my own CPUs and GPUs. And it started off with just a couple, and I added more and more, and then I just tried to just try to round it out, and I ended up with what I thought was a pretty good mix from low-end AMD and NVIDIA video cards, and that. 130 to $150 range and then moved all the way up to their top-end cards at the time. And this this was done over a period of time, so not everything is as up-to-date as it would have been if I started it yesterday. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. But and, and then I picked a mix of games. Like, what you're looking at is six different games. I wanted at least half of them to use Mantle. And going forward... There won't be a lot of new games using that, if any, but no, it's it was relevant, and then s- some synthetic benchmarks thrown in, because those those paint usually a, a more I- idealistic picture of what these things can do. But ultimately, it's just kind of let's throw a whole bunch of data out there, try to organize it so that you can scroll through it and see the relationship between CPU and GPU when you're trying to play games. Gotcha. So what? Uh well, let me just look here at like maybe the first set of results. Bioshock Infinite is one uh, that that is on the first page, so that seems relevant to look at. And alphabetically, would, it made sense to put it there. It did, right? Because you didn't have like Armored Core or Alphabet or Arma Three soup. Al- Alphabet Soup. That's a good benchmark. Or Arachnid something. I don't know. Ark Survival. Right, or that. Yeah. Right. It didn't exist when you started this test, so that would have been difficult to do. Punching dinosaurs. Um, Ark the lad. <laughs> yeah, that one would have been good too. So, what did, I mean, we sorted the data into a bunch of ways. Mavis Beacon teaches typing. <laughs> uh, typing that would have been unfair because you know, no, you know perfectly well that is totally CPU bound, Josh. And Mavis can kick your ass <laughs> on a bad day. Yeah, it always could. Yeah. So if we look at like Bioshock Infinite results, what is kind of the trend that we see here as I look at the, the top end of this graph? Well, we're looking at 1080p mm-hmm. and 
right off the bat, you look at the, 90, the 290X and the 980, and you're seeing pretty consistent scaling. Mm-hmm. Fairly yeah. reasonable scaling, I think. Yeah, and it kind of starts at the bottom of the of the price uh, segment with the 860K, and it moves all the way up to that i7. So, and then same story basically with the uh, 980 as well. Okay. So at least in this particular game, at this resolution, it seems that with the top end cards, the CPU does matter. Now, what happens if we go more towards the mid range of these cards? Maybe you're looking at the Radeon R9 280, GeForce GTX 770. That changes a little bit. It does. What I kept on seeing, and it really didn't matter what game it was, was the lower you go with the GPU, the less CPU seems to matter. Hmm. And with the R9 280, you'll see very little variance. The percentages just dwindle. And the 770 is, is technically a little bit higher performing part. Right. And there's a little bit more scaling there. But it really was dependent upon the game. Once you move down to the bottom end cards, there's almost no difference at all. Almost yeah. to the point of a rounding error. You would have... <laughs> yeah. You know, one if you look at the points. 750 Ti, your, your range is from 74.5 to 76.9 average frame rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, at 2560 by 1440, which I'll scroll down to the second graph here, those all of those changes kind of compress some, right? So the fact that the GPU is more important, is more of a bottleneck on performance, means that even with the 290X up here and the GTX 980 down here, you're seeing some change still from the low-end processors to the high-end processors, but it's not as dramatic as it was at 1080p. Uh, and you'll see at 280, uh, with the R9 280 and the GTX 770 at this higher resolution, again, it compresses. There's almost no difference between the, all of the processors tested. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, is this something where you would say it's fair to say that's kind of... There are some outliers for sure. Right. But is that the result more or less that we see throughout these these tests? Pretty much, yeah. Like, especially at higher resolutions, it becomes so much more important to have a powerful GPU mm-hmm. than it does to have that extra CPU horsepower. Even in games that might be said to be more CPU bound, at some point pushing that many pixels, you just need more GPU horsepower. You're not going to get a, a lot more frames. Uh, he tests, let's see, what else did you test? You had Civilization Beyond Earth, Metro Last Light, uh, Shadow of Mordor, Sniper Elite 3, and Thief. All of these kind of showing, you know, some variants, like I said, some variants in the results, uh, for sure, in terms of what order the processors come in specifically. But the trends are are definitely there. And I think this will be kind of the the impetus for a lot of people, you know, kind of validating that thought that was, it has always been, you don't really need a Core i7 quad-core hyper-threaded processor to play games. You yeah. need a, a Core i5 with quad-cores is going to be fine. And this kind of more or less shows that, especially if you are somebody who has a 1440p monitor or mm-hmm. you know you're going to get a 1440p monitor. And I'm sure that would even be, I mean, it's going to be way less important for CPU once you get to 4K to yeah. a certain degree. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Did anybody else have any any surprises on this? Anybody have any... Any other kind of thoughts on the the six months worth of pestering and work that Sebastian had to put together on this uh, this story? I didn't know you needed to get that many bars on a chart. <laughs> <laughs> they are rather long graphs. This is this is true. There's a lot of data points here. But Man I love how the smoothly patience. they taper. Yeah. 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 If like you, when you sort by overall performance, like yeah. it shows you just how close. 
the graphics cards are and, frankly, how little difference your processor makes in the long term. Yeah. I mean, it, J- Josh, is that something that is, like, bad news for Intel? Is it something that we've all known, so it's not really that big of a deal? Or bad news for AMD? Good news for AMD on the CPU side? Again, it's it's per application. Um, because you don't play games all the time. You don't do just that on your computer often. Sure. So Unless that's all you do with your desktop. Unless, yeah. of course, you built a computer strictly for games. <laughs> Unless that is all you do on your <laughs> yeah, desktop. There yeah. are people that do that. Yeah. The majority I mean, of people... I, I play triple screen monitors, and I've got two mm. video cards, and the lowest end AMD processor is going to push it as far as some of the others. Depends on on the game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. There, um, there, there's somebody like uh, uh, Eric on in the chat says, for example, that DayZ might be a game that can use all eight threads of a hyper-threaded quad-core processor. And I'm sure there are exceptions out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there are some other games that probably will only use one thread. So if you had a a Celeron, Pentium, something, something. It would have no kind of bearing on on the results either. Obviously, well, I, there's going to be I, variance. I but. think this is a great basis, and really, I, I think a lot of people will probably look at this throughout the next couple of years and say, "What is it I'm doing? What is it that I need? And what can I get the cheapest to achieve what I want?" And right. you're going to mix and match uh, some of the results. I mean, this this took this guy. I remember you talking about this in February. I mean, it was kind of a Herculean task, considering you were working more than full-time with a wife who was <clears throat> in stages of gestation. Uh, <laughs> That's called so pregnancy. So it, it was not, yeah, it was, it was not us, an easy yeah. task, and you were able to complete this as well as your other tremendous articles that you've been doing throughout this time. Man, did you take uh, a nice really, pill tonight? This is a, a feather in your cap because keep talking, there's Josh. a lot of real... What? <laughs> just keep saying do more things. I will. I will. I'll just keep uh, stroking you and... Uh, Somebody in the comments bigger. said that he deserved like a tropical vacation and I, vet- I deleted that comment immediately. immediately. We can send him to the most magical place on Earth. Tijuana. Yeah. But I think yeah. we've known for quite a while that CPU performance has been going down in importance it still is important, depending, again, on your workload and what you do. But if you're playing at 1080p and above, you know that you are going to need more graphics performance yeah. than really anything else. And so this just kind of verifies that in ways. And, again, it, it depends on the application. But... Um, you know, you don't have to overspend on the CPU. You don't need to buy a $1,000 processor unless you really, really want to and you have the money. Yeah, agreed. Um, so uh, this, is a, this is an article that has a tremendous amount of data in it, <clears throat> and I would highly recommend that you guys go to PCPro.com, look it up. It, it, the title is Quad Core Gaming Roundup, How Much CPU Do You Really Need? Uh, check that out before uh, making any CPU decisions on uh, your next build, I guess. Uh, let's quickly jump over to Josh here. And Do we have to? We don't. I mean, if you... Can we if skip? You, we can. If you got some place to I don't to ever be. say anything important. Well, that's true. I just interject random comments that make no sense. That is also true. Um, so let's quickly uh, go over. You posted a review this morning of the Logitech G230 and G35 headsets. These are gaming headsets from Logitech. What are, I mean, 
give me give me a quick rundown on on what you like about these headsets or, or maybe what you don't. Okay, I, I talked to Logitech. I had them send me two of their wired headsets because I'm just not a fan of wireless. And opinions may vary, but I think that battery-powered headsets have some disadvantages, in, especially in communicating with the PC over wireless. In terms of sound quality <clears throat> and the ability to just use them effectively for many hours a day. So I asked them for their lowest and their highest end wired products. The lowest end was the G230, which I am holding here. It is the nice red and black product that Ken is showing you. It is analog. It's got a really skinny wire. Hmm. And as you know, in terms of resistance, unlike other things in electricity, the smaller the wire, the greater the resistance is. We can go into other areas, but we don't want to. Um, <clears throat> so I tested the G230 and the G35, which is a higher-end 7.1 Dolby headphone USB-based product. The G230 is their low-end product. It's about 40 bucks online. It is a solid piece of equipment. It's well-built, nice design. It looks nice. Mm -hmm. Microphone, not really good. We tried it one night uh, here, and my voice sounded horrific. Yeah. Worse than usual. <laughs> that says something, doesn't it? Yes, yes it does. And uh, I, I tested multiple scenarios with these. And for 40 bucks, you get a solid product. The gaming performance is probably the best of all the aspects that you could listen to. Music was really hollow. Hmm. Movies, really indistinct. But again, you know, gaming with some, you know, gunshots, cracking, voices. This is where it kind of excelled at. But again, this is only a $40 headset. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty inexpensive in the grand scheme of things, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and the build quality is nice, and they're comfortable headsets. So you've really got to look at yourself and your bank account and say, what do I want, <laughs> and when do I want to get it? What do Wait, we are we need? still talking about headphones? No, mm -hmm. I'm talking about the toothless uh, hooker on the corner. That's wow. kind of where I was thinking. Yeah. yeah I what do I want? See. How much can I spend? And how immediate is this need? Right. Yeah, but you know what? It's the quality of the experience over a long stretch of time. And let me tell you, that $20 you spent on the corner is going to haunt you for many years to come. <laughs> many, many follow-up visits and retests to come. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, they, you know, these were not bad. They were not great. Sure. They were not bad. Okay. So, if you only had 40 bucks to spend on headphones... I would not have a problem with buying these, especially if you were just going to do gaming and you were going to scream at uh, your teammates over vent <laughs> or go on to other things and tell people about their mother. Probably not, the that we the not that we condone that, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and plus the microphone would then <clears throat> distort your voice enough that nobody would really recognize you. <laughs> uh, so you know, this know. is their, their basic pair. This is their lowest end gaming headset and they're okay for what they do you just have to remember that i mean they're they're built okay. well they've got good uh, flexibility the ear pads are very comfortable the headband is comfortable very adjustable they're, they're it's actually pretty stiff 
by how much you can do this. My kid has been abusing these for a couple of months, and uh, they're still really tight. And so, you know, build quality is there. And so I had tested these first and uh, listened to the audio under multiple areas. <clears throat> and while I was not impressed, you know, they, they were acceptable for the price range. All right. So when I went on to the uh, G35, which is their top-end wired, right. I was not expecting a whole lot because they shared a lot of the same components. Namely, uh, they've got paper woofers. I mean, the same 40 nanometer, uh, 40 millimeter <laughs> neodymium-based paper woofers. And I thought these are, you know, they're, they're more than double the price. They're going to be kind of cruddy. And I was pleasantly surprised. First of all, in terms of build, uh, they're nicely done. Uh, we've got, you know, the ear cups are very comfortable. They're kind of a pleather-type material. You have three different uh, headbands that you can swap in and out, depending on, uh, you know, how thick, how hard. Sebastian? No, no, we we're now we're, we're, we're trying we're, to refrain. We're numb to it. It's fine. Yes, yes. It, it, you've done it so many times that we're becoming numb. <laughs> God damn it, the lidocaine. But <laughs> I put these it's on, all the in and out, and, in and out, and sorry, you just seem a little yeah. stiff tonight, Josh. Exactly, I do. Back to the headphones, please. Yeah. So anyway, whenever I put these on, plugged them in. And I was pleasantly surprised because even though it's same, it shares a lot of the same audio components as uh, the lower-end version, this was a totally different experience. Hmm. Now, part of this is it's USB, so all the digital audio conversion is going to be happening in this cup. That means Logitech has a lot better control over the sound in this product as compared to just an analog based headphone that you plug into a sound card. So they were able to improve the overall performance really dramatically. Gaming was better. Music was actually, you could listen to it without being horrified by the sounds coming out of the headphones. Movies, things were spatially correct. Dialogue was clear. Effects had good punch to it. Uh, it was not overly booming. It was a pleasant experience. This was not a high-end headphone experience like you'd have with some of the higher-end Sennheisers or the Grados mm -hmm. uh, at, at the $150 and above levels. But you can get these online for about 80 bucks, And <clears throat> it has a lot of good functionality. The gaming software allows you to adjust the, uh, the Dolby headphone, which you can you can uh, adjust from the back by a little toggle switch, either turn it on or off. But you can go there and adjust the different levels uh, to meet your needs because everybody's ears are different, and so HRTF functions uh, are different for everybody. And so you can adjust this to make it sound a little bit better in 3D situations. Again, overall audio quality was much better. And interestingly enough, even though it has kind of the same microphone as the previous one, uh, as we have seen in the podcast where I actually used these, the microphone quality was a huge step above what we saw in the G230. And I wonder if part of that 
isn't just the microphone that they use. I think it's it's probably a step down. Mm. But also, the bigger the cable, again, the less the resistance. So if you've got a small, little, tiny cable going from your microphone to the computer, you're going to get a lot of resistance. You, you're you're going to get a loss of signal. It's just not going to be as good. But with all of the uh, circuitry controlling that, right, right literally next to it, and then being sent in digital form down the USB cable, you're going to get some advantages over the previous all-analog. So, in closing, the G230 is a decent product for the price, but you're not going to get really high-quality sound from either the output or the microphone input. The G35, which costs around 80 bucks, is a huge jump ahead. Uh, I gave that the gold award because, one, I mean, the, the construction quality, again, is, is really good. It's very comfortable. The sound quality is a huge step above. And while it doesn't reach the higher-end headphones, it is not distracting in any way. You can listen to music, movies, game, as long as you'd like. And you will never just think, wow, that sounds like crap. It's not going to take you out of the entire situation and uh, you know ruin your 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 sense of uh, what is that called when you're really into something uh, uh, suspension don't. of disbelief exactly thank you Sebastian my mind is going but Sebastian is on the rise who would have thought easy I don't know about that Might yeah stretch but anyway <clears throat> for 80 bucks these are a really nice set of headphones again they, they're award winner Logitech can put that on the box. PC Perspective Award winner. Kind of like the Oscars, but not quite. Josh, I'm just sad that we lost Naugahyde to Pleather. I know. Naugahyde was such a better term. Somebody had asked this because uh, (laughs) these these have actually been around for quite a while. I think uh, initially they were released five years ago. They've had a couple of revisions, and uh, they've changed some of the materials. And apparently these were, were very, very thin and would wear out very easily. But uh, it seems like uh, Logitech has changed uh, the materials a bit, and uh, these do not seem thin and do not seem likely to wear out anytime soon. So, solid set of headsets for a decent price, and again, the software support. And plus, you've got that whole voice conversion thing that... uh, I almost made unfunny by using it as much as I did in the last almost. couple of podcasts. Almost. Weird. Yeah. <clears throat> almost. Save it for the almost. end. Almost. All right. Um, let's move on to some news that occurred this week. Uh, real quick, again, this is, again, something that happened right at the end of last night's po- or last week's podcast. Uh, there were rumors coming around. Obviously, we talked about the AMD Fury X pump issues, the pump wine. There are rumors going around now that a new pump is out circulating starting to circulate through some of these that no longer has kind of a the cooler master blue and white logo sticker but it has this kind of embossed silver logo and a couple people that have had this one claim that there is no pump wine anymore mm-hmm. amd issued a statement uh basically saying they changed some adhesive in the pump itself they call it sound baffling adhesive which Th- i have doesn't make any sense i've never heard of that do you but- mean like better glue like no, I think it's it's double sided foam tape. I don't know. Well, somebody on a forum overseas somewhere yeah. had like actually ripped one of these open. Yeah, 
And there was like some kind of an epoxy kind of something just holding the whole. Did it look like something? Too much thermal paint. What I say, looked, you know, ripped apart, open. I mean, it, I mean, he destroyed that pump. Yeah. There was no way it was going to work again. Yeah, there was a PCB on top, and then you had to desolder that and remove the PCB. Yeah, sure. What's wrong with that? And then you could see like. Yeah, I see. I delicately see no remove this. the screws with pliers and a screwdriver. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I don't know if this is actually if this is the magic thing you need to look for to find one of these without a pump wine. Yeah, it seems that the embossed versus the sticker, like the embossed version. I just I haven't seen. I, I continue to ask people to like that are buying these products. Hey, what do you have? What do you get? When somebody got one with no sticker on it that I saw, oh, with it had nothing? no sticker and no embossed anything, and it still had wine. Huh. Um, so I'm still waiting to, to hear back from AMD, like if they're going to send me one of these, if they just want to like, if I just keep buying them at Newegg, <laughs> eventually we get one. Eventually that, we'll run out of money. <laughs> well, yes, it won't take that long to be perfectly honest. Uh, just cash in your AMD stock. <laughs> we'll run a we'll run a Kickstarter campaign to. Yeah. Solve the pump wine by we purchasing need to buy dozens, 30 more Fury. Fury X cards. <laughs> um, so we're still keeping an eye on that. I just wanted to do a, a, a quick update this week and tell you that we were aware of all that uh, and, and, and keeping an eye on it. Um, also something we are keeping an eye on is the pending release of the AMD Fury Non-X, which I hate saying that, but I feel like we have to say that. Just AMD it Fury. should almost be the product name. The Radeon Fury non X non-X. edition. Like yeah. in, the, in the name? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how come his background color is different than our background color now? Oh, because you're not. That's because you're I'm not in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're in Michigan. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway. By the way, I have to thank you again for letting me do this remotely instead of driving all the way from Michigan to Kentucky mm. to be on a one hour long podcast. That would nope. be absurd. Yeah, nobody because would Because that would be ridiculous. Do that. It's the driving four and a half hours in a day to do a hour and a half podcast and then go back. It so. seems irrational. Yeah, it seems it's irrational. ridiculous. So uh, you posted this little piece up, Sebastian, about the rumors and leaks of the new Radeon Fury. This is a, apparently a leak from Sapphire, considering it's their whole data sheet and pictures of their yeah, card. It, or <laughs> somebody that had it. But yeah, videocards.com posted this. They had slides. I only posted one of them. They had one for an overclocked edition as well uh, on their site. But it goes through pretty comprehensively what the specs might be for this upcoming non-X version of the GPU, and it's slightly slower core clock, 1 gigahertz versus 1,050 megahertz. Okay. And the streaming core count is down to 3584, so that would indicate that it has 56 compute units instead of 64. Um, TMU count drops a little bit, but it still has 64 ROPs potentially. I don't know if that that's separate, I think, Josh. The ROP count doesn't necessarily indicate, it doesn't reflect in the uh, reduction if it's like a cut-down GPU or... Correct, because uh, typically ROPs are more associated with the memory controllers. Okay. And this is still going to apparently carry a $549 MSRP. That was the MSRP that AMD had actually announced when this was revealed as a product. And... The picture is pretty wild because you're dealing with a card that has a heat sink that extends well over an additional third of the total size of the card. So it's like like 35-40% heat sink for this triple fan version of the card. So I'm interested to see how cool it runs, how quiet it might be. This is using a triple fan cooler, this one Sapphire variant here. 
And then uh, if it has any overclocking headroom at all compared to the Fury X, which doesn't seem to have much. So. Well, I mean, it's not like it's got a giant heat sink or anything. Yeah. Is there a picture of that? Here, let it's me scroll like, down. Seriously, the, it, it looks like it's giving birth to something at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> I see the theme, yes, yes. Boy, that's some nice lattice work, though. I like how that integrates into the paint scheme of the back plate. Actually, you know what? Yeah. That looks, that's yeah. Point. Way that's to go, Josh. Sharp. Way to recognize the details. <laughs> the inner Disclaimer, beauty. Josh does Sapphire PR. <laughs> <laughs> My name is not Ed. I do not do Sapphire PR. Uh, so, I mean, let me ask you guys this. If this card actually looked like that, does that look good, bad, or indifferent? Like, if that's how the card is designed. Short PCB, really long, cooler. I think it looks kind of cool, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's a nice uh, mixture of textures, paint schemes, and uh, shadow and light to give an overall pleasant visual perspective. It's an artistic use of differing materials blended in a very nice manner. (laughs) Well, you guys are all shot down, aren't you, haters? (laughs) You know, it looks like it might be compensating for something with that massive cooler. Why can't I just accept and embrace it's a shorter for a PSP hot GPU. or PCB? Yeah, I but guess. you know, if you cut that off, it would just be a nano. And nobody no. wants to be called a nano. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing to <clears throat> consider here, uh, especially in terms of overclocking, I believe that only the latest afterburner comes with a checkbox that you can do to actually overclock the memory. Because previously, as, as Ryan has, has seen in his articles, you were not able to overclock the memory very much, correct? At all, as far as I know. Yeah, but apparently with uh, the Afterburner, you... you mm. I forget the name. MSI Afterburner? No, 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 no. It's, it's the actual setting itself. There's oh. a checkbox of, of memory yeah, I haven't used that yet. Uh, enhancement or something like that. But uh, you're able to actually take the HBM memory up higher than it should be. And that would be kind of an interesting thing to test out considering how many shader units that has, but then you're only got 64 ROPs as compared to what NVIDIA has with their higher-end products. So it's going to be an interesting experiment in the future to see if memory bandwidth is really going to affect Fury and Fury X. It will be interesting to see, won't it? Hmm. Won't it? And if future generations can uh, flash these cards and get the unlocked shader cores. You know, that'll be fun, too. I think these companies have gotten pretty good at making sure that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Hey, but back in the 6000 series, it would still happen. Yep, my 6950 got flashed to a 6970. Does anybody know why Sebastian keeps... For a good two years. Anybody know why Sebastian keeps looking to his right? No. In the thing? It was, it's just it was, a tick, I think. <laughs> There's something on the TV that's distracting me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I'll focus exclusively yeah. on the podcast. The audio listeners never would have guessed <laughs> if Ryan hadn't pointed <laughs> it out. Uh, you know, I, I, I do remember now, soldering. That would worry me. Soldering the, the 9500 Pro to, or you know, whatever oh. that one was to, to, to the full 9700. So that's that's a whole different level of, of not only do you have to solder, but you got to flash the BIOS, and you hope you don't have a big checkerboard screen after everything because that sucks. I yeah, that none of you ever did that. 
I think those were like the first cards I was getting into review, like the ninety seven hundreds. I probably didn't. I didn't have the guts to go breaking them and soldering them quite yet. I was just poor, but I wanted to see if it worked, and so it was a waste of money because I eventually ruined the card. Understood. Understood. I, yeah. I flashed my fifty eight seventy to unlock uh, increases in voltage and got it to run in a gigahertz stable, so it was worth it. And I think probably stable. I sold it to somebody else, but it's probably stable. <laughs> Still. It's probably fine. Yeah. Uh, we also had uh, in that part of that story uh, Asus Strix AMD Fury non-X card listings, but the, the, the later story actually had more information. Ooh, from Computer PC Shop. Computer PC Shop. Sh- stores in Deutschland were yeah. selling or listing for sale these cards. So this was the DirectCU 3 cooler, but this is not... That's on the 390 This is not... Yeah, this is the 390X. We're That's an artist's rendering of what this card might actually look like in real gotcha. life. Gotcha. Gotcha. And by artist, I mean whoever their graphic designer is, and I stole the <laughs> Right. Payable COD, which is always a good sign. I credited them. Come on. COD is, is, is a payment method, Did I think, I that has them? lost its way. I think it needs to make a comeback, because I think all UPS drivers <laughs> really love dealing with... Yeah. Tell that to the game yes. industry, Ryan. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I'll give you cash when you deliver the damn game in a working state. Well, you know, Steam returns work now, so that's that's true. still kind of thing. Uh, Tim wrote this up. Asus launches a new mini-ITX motherboard with Braswell-based Intel Celeron processors. So if you're looking to build kind of that mini-ITX passive system, this is the one for you. You can see you've got the cooler here that is for the CPU. No other active fan cooling needed for whatever this comes with. The motherboard has PS2 ports, two of them. Keep that in mind, two of them. Two USB 2, two USB 3, gigabit Ethernet, HDMI, VGA, serial, RS-232, <laughs> as well as three analog audio outputs. Hey, if you're like me and go shopping at your local Goodwill for all of your peripheral needs, then those PS2 and parallel ports will come in handy. Even you get that Microsoft IntelliMouse with the ball in it. That was a good mouse. That was a good mouse. That was a good mouse. It was a good mouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, Six-watt TDP on these parts. Uh, Six-watt, port. huh? What did I say? Six whole watts. Huh? Six whole watts. Yeah. <laughs> Braswell is Adam, correct? Or is no? it? Braswell is Cherry, Cherry Trail, Trail, which is Adam. Yep. Yes. See, that, yeah. that confused me before when I was like, what? This is so cheap. It's Braswell. It's, Just because no, it's got it's, the Celeron no. name on it. Broadwell, yeah. Braswell. Yeah, what's a few letters? All Zans that win. So is wow. this like still like... Are they making enough improvements on this to where it's becoming equivalent to some prior generation, like, full Intel chip yet, or it's what? It's far faster than an original Pentium process. Well, okay. Without yeah. an original Atom. <laughs> so I think what's interesting <clears throat> is that the Atom architecture and the, uh, what's, the, like, the, the Broadwell Y? Is that the, the lowest that the power? the low power ones? Yeah. Core M. Like, the oh, Core, Core M, M yeah. right? <clears throat> like, there's still a fairly large gap. Okay. Between those two parts. That's what I was trying to figure out. Right, but there's also a fairly large price gap between those two parts. Oh, yeah. Right. So pricing and availability not available on this particular motherboard. uh, But, you know, the whole goal of this platform is to be low cost. But how low are we talking? I I wouldn't be surprised to see this sell for around $60. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, you, if you look at some of the other boards that made it onto the market, there were some selling with the integrated Atom CPUs originally for around 100 or so, could but sell they've gone down quite a bit. It could sell for a little bit cheaper if they didn't bother putting those PS2 ports and the other stuff on. No way, man. People need, it's got a serial port. <clears throat> people in the industry need those serial Whatever, ports. Whatever, man. Embedded applications, which is... This but is no, perfect. RS-232 I guess actually makes it useful in a production environment. Right. Yeah. Where's well, the this would be, How often do you this, see that? This would be like something that would be a drop-in replacement that a company would buy a whole bunch of right. to go service a bunch Correct. of their whatever embedded systems that had some you know previous like old Pentium system sitting in the bottom of the cabinet somewhere. You yeah. know, like CNCs and stuff actually have like PCs inside them. Yep. That stuff starts breaking. You could put this in there. Passively cooled. Passively Low cooled. Power. No fan. You know. And passively cooled in a warm factory environment poses absolutely no operational. Uh, no, but they problem. do it all the time. Validate they, they it. They do move it all on. the time. Yeah. Validate it and or move not. on. Uh, Jeremy, <clears throat> I don't know if you uh, put this in here about Microsoft releasing several Windows 10 builds in a single week. Or not Scott? Well, I did. I interjected <laughs> a little bit extra because we might have actually seen the last one oh. but Look yeah Monday we for a minute uh, i thought that was a surprised face of scott michelle <gasps> yes it is yeah uh, shaved head though turns out it's a soccer ball yeah. <laughs> but yeah we got 10158 on monday and immediately after that uh, if you're on the fast ring you got 10159 with a lot of bug fixes not much new in the way of uh interface or improvements as you might expect but then the weird one is a story out of Slashdot, which says that 10176 may well be the RTM sign-off, which may, depending on your time zone, have already happened or be happening tomorrow, because hmm. Thursday is the day they were suggesting it might happen. So where is this calendar event found? Yeah, I don't... I think somebody just made a calendar event. I, I, okay. I kind of think, yeah. Because that would be funny. <laughs> it was on or some public live.com some calendar, like, yes. damn it! Yeah. Whoops. So the slow rings uh, are still sitting behind. You won't have seen these. Uh, But the good news is that uh, 10159, as some people like Josh and uh, Scott found out, comes in the form of a downloadable ISO. No, that's 162. Yeah, that's that's 101. Oh, that's 62. Sorry. That was Thursday. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. So, you know, we've had three in the last, last week. The possibility of another one appearing tomorrow, maybe, maybe not. We'll see if the rumors are true. And a launch date that's not too long from now. So regardless, it's it's coming. Three weeks of the day. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you guys I, this: <clears throat> as somebody who gets um, pushed on this, or gets gets this pushed on him all the time, is Windows like? What is the excitement level in our audience for Windows Ten? I'd say not as much as for previous ones, just because of this whole insider program that people are like. Nah, I you think know, there's a lot right. of people checking it I out. I think it certainly is bigger than Windows 8. Yeah, I'd give it that. But I, I think there are a lot of people, like a lot of our viewers and readers, who skipped Windows 8 because if they had they had ideological differences with the whole thing, even though I use right. Windows 8 and I think it's yeah. fine. Yeah. So they're 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 coming from Windows 7. All of the improvements we saw in Windows 8 for the past few years, the kernel to file transfer, or they're coming all from that. XP. They're they're they haven't had yet, so yeah. like there's a lot that makes a way XP. bigger leap when you skip an OS release. Yeah, I think there's been so much trepidation about Windows 8 entirely. Like you go onto the new PC market, you go to your local Best Buy or Micro Center or whatever, every PC in there is going to have Windows 8 one on it, and there are people who take one look at that tile screen and are done. 
And there are people who, you know, I've helped over the years with computers who absolutely won't touch Windows 8. And Windows 10, I've showed them screenshots, people who are interested in buying a laptop and then putting it off, putting it off. Look, the start menu's back. Look, this. Look, oh, okay. And now they're looking at laptops again. So I think it will make a big difference. I've put It's 100% accurate, but the way I've sort of seen it is if you were born when cell phone, like if your entire life cell phones and tablets have been a thing, Windows 8.1 makes perfect sense to you. If you grew up, well, cell phones, you know, when they first came out were about this big and had an extendable antenna. Yeah, no, you're not a big fan of eight and eight point one. That's ages against everyone over the age of eight. I, I see. Yes, I, it is. I see people in the chat room talking about DX12, and while DX12 is incredibly exciting, and it, it's like it's not like in that first month you're going to see you need, a half dozen you need games DX12 using games it. released yeah. um, utilizing it. Yeah, but just the driver model itself might contribute a couple of percentage mm-hmm. of performance. Sure. I mean, not huge. Yeah, but, but it's going to be a is couple that of percentage. Is one to two percent uh, performance boost exciting? I don't. People will pay an extra two hundred bucks for it in a graphics card. Yeah. So uh, Windows ten is free if you own Windows eight, right? Or seven and seven too. Okay, yep. that's yep. what I was going to say. That's the key. They say for the first year, if you have a, if you have an activated licensed copy hmm. of it, it's not going to be an issue for you to go. And in fact, if you already have it running, and I had this happen, it'll just pop up and say. You know, reserve your copy of Windows 10. It'll be a notification right along with your Windows updates. So yeah, you will get it for free. Download it right to your computer. So, yeah, I just wish they'd communicate if I can get an ISO and my Windows 7 key will now officially be a Windows 10 key. There's a um, you know I wanted to do a fresh install. There's some there kind of is. really convoluted way of getting it kind of connected. It like you kind of get it connected to your Microsoft account now. Yeah. That, that seems to be what's going to happen. And, and that's how it will do it. Like, you will just sign into Windows 10. Like, you'll just grab the ISO, like, right from Microsoft, presumably. Yeah. And then you can just have the installer yourself make, make a USB key or whatever you want to do to do that. And then instead of putting a serial in, you know, or a key or anything like that, you will just sign in to your account, your Microsoft account. And then it just will not bother you with the activating because it just activated. Perfect for me. Ugh. Yeah, well, you never activate Windows anyways. Yeah, we never activate Windows here. We, we do it on all my on my personal machines. Oh, that's true. So then it's perfect for you. No, I I'm mean, it's not about using the Windows. That again. should still work. I don't know how it's going to be if you had multiple devices under the same sign-in and how that, you know, it's a little bit more complicated for people that have multiple devices. But for anybody that has just one for that one person, which is probably a lot, yeah. that just solves it for them, right? Well, like the model already exists if, if you've used Office 365 or, well, Office 358 and a bit-ish right yeah. now. Uh, that is how it does it, is you sign into your account, and from that account, you're allowed to use it on up to three devices. Yep. Yeah. And that is the licensing model. I wish, so I, could, I, ex- wish I could use my Gmail account for this instead of my Windows you Live can. account. No, I can't, but it's, it's a personal you, issue. With, you could start. I could try. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I I guess I I was less excited about Windows 10 than most other people that have just responded to me. So, I mean, there's there's not going to be a time where we're excited for Windows releases in the future after this. Probably it's just going to be they're going to roll out new features. We're going to update. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah, a, it'll just be whatever the update's called. Yeah. I'm trying to judge. I'm be excited because I want to count the downtime. <laughs> Realistically, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to judge how much coverage we want to do about. Windows 10 here in terms of like <laughs> new benchmarking, new drivers. Well, I mean, we could new just performance. We could just do some comparisons for you know 8.1 versus 10 when it first comes out. See if there's 
it's not it's not a quick easy thing so it's like how much interest is there hey hey, hey uh, sebastian what well, yeah. we are still doing the 24 hours of windows 10 live stream leading up to the release right <laughs> we're going to count I'm down ready. to 3 2 1 and then we'll cycle it and we'll reboot into windows 10 and we'll did you get your windows won't. 10 party kit in the mail Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, got the yeah. hat. And the Are you going to stand I mean, outside on, right? the office for, 8. 8. for the 1. next twenty-four hours and uh, be behind a fake rope line, waiting for the launch? Yeah, I'm going to go to Best Buy for the midnight release of Windows 10 <laughs> and stand in line. And, and then at nine in the morning, when people show up, like, what the hell happened? Where were you guys at? I, I will just be happy that I don't have to install a Classic Shell on everybody that I know's computer when I go to fix it for them. Nice. You don't have to now. I don't have to anymore. You don't have to now. What? You don't have to now. You don't have to now? Yeah. Have your little fight later. Okay. Um, <laughs> Are you talking to me? A couple of they, quick they want their start menu back. You can't tell people they have to right-click on anything or bring up whatever. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, not that. We're going to uh, end on a couple of other stories here. AMD, bad news for AMD. They released projections of decreased revenue by 8% for the last or for this quarter, Q2 of 2015. That is um, not good for the common stock price. It is not good for our one no. piece of stock price. Uh, Josh, what's what's interesting about this? Uh, so as we're leading up to Windows 10, uh, PC market is, is kind of stagnant. And so AMD is not selling nearly as many parts as they are expecting. It's going to be 8% lower than what they expected when they announced last quarter. So uh, they've already got a couple of lawsuits uh, against, you know, stock trading infractions coming their way, which is, again, you're paying lawyers out of whatever you make or don't make, and that's an overall negative. But, hey, it's the world we live in. But uh, we can expect to see uh, some more layoffs soon, apparently. They're trimming the fat, even though right now I don't think they're really trimming a whole lot of fat. And it's a rough time for AMD. Uh, their their 300 series and Fury X did not go off nearly as successful as they wanted to. I think Fury X is still a good card for the price and for what you get. I, I appreciate the improvements on the Hawaii chip that they gave us with the 390 and 390X, mm-hmm. but it has not catapulted them before or you know beyond what nvidia has and uh, <clears throat> especially with the latest versions of uh, what carrizo it's only just started to come out yep. and the interest in that seems to be tepid and part mm-hmm. of that is not so much that it's a bad part or anything because it, it seems like it's a well-designed part with a lot of good features but the market is just really kind of stagnant. I'm going to be curious to see if Win 10 actually has an effect on it and how that will affect AMD's bottom line. But for right now, I mean, they're not in any big hurt. They've got plenty of money. They've got backers. They're going to survive for a while yet. I mean, at least four to six quarters at this rate. But... Any news like this is, is going to hurt your bottom line. Yep. It's going to cause a lot of trepidation about investing in you or purchasing your products because you don't know if, you know, as an OEM, you don't know if these products are going to be supported by you for any time to come. 
Let's no. just hope that Cabby Lake gets delayed even further and Cannon Lake even further beyond that. So there's actually a really damn good reason to buy AMD. Zen. Zen. Zen will save us all. <laughs> yeah, or that. Or maybe AMD. Uh, Jeremy, you wrote up a, a short news post on an AOC monitor, the U2870. The, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. the U2870 VQE. What's- so to do the, the good news, bad news properly, okay. before anyone complains, no, it is not an adaptive sync monitor. It doesn't have G-Sync. It doesn't have free sync. It doesn't go up to 144 hertz, and it is a TN panel. Okay. On the Damn. other hand, it's a 28-inch 4K LED monitor for the sum total of $349 plus taxes. That's cheap. If you game, and a TN panel with a ridiculously fast response time is more valuable to you than a full, proper 10-bit monitor because you're not doing professional graphics design on this thing. You are gaming on it. And for 350 bucks, you can get a 4K 28-inch LED monitor. This is honestly one of the most ridiculously good deals on a 4K monitor I've seen mm. uh, that I can think of. Uh, there are some bad parts. It's, it's only going to be in the U.S. because it is uh, based at a Compu Center, but micro or, center. sorry, Micro, micro Center. center. Yep. Uh, and it's got VGA DisplayPort, Mini DisplayPort, and HDMI MHL, which is the implementation of that, which will work with your mobile devices. So if you've picked up one of these newer cell phones that can actually output 4k display you can buy this thing just to show off how cool your phone is and at 350 dollars for a display at 28 inches that is pretty much an impulse buy i if you Hmm. wanted an ips 144 hertz adaptive sync display well you could buy one of those or you could pretty much get three of these well they're going for 600 well so yeah okay some of them are some of them you'd only be able to afford two as opposed to three. Yeah, yeah. Heck, I impulse bought a 4K TV and it's crap. So. <laughs> yes, you did. You should have bought this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we live and we learn. No, or maybe not. I'm amazed at the the pricing because this is 150 bucks lower than the MSRP. And honestly, if you're just if you're just gaming, if you're not doing production work, this is a pretty good way to jump into 4K. Yeah, I think even doing production work that's not like video editing or photo editing, you'd probably be pretty good with this productivity would be pretty great yeah i mean just a productivity screen real estate you get for 350 dollars well because they do that uh what is it uh frame rate contrast to fake the 8-bit or to fake make the 8-bit 10-bit so you can actually get a wider color than you would on just a basic 8-bit screen it's is that enough you're gonna send me one now aoc please be nice no they're not no of course not uh, let's uh, our last news pick, our last news story of the uh, the day of the week is AMD's releasing of uh, Catalyst fifteen point seven drivers, a Wickle driver. Josh, you wrote up this short piece. Tell me what is new in this driver that might be interesting for people. Okay, so I, apparently the last Wickle driver <clears throat> was the Catalyst Omega, the 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 fourteen point twelve, and that was released in late November, early December of last year. They've had multiple betas throughout that, but again, no weekle. And each of the betas didn't add a whole lot. A couple of free sync issues fixed, nothing really huge. Uh, mostly it was, you know, crossfire. Uh, 
solutions for for new games and and overall driver support for new games. So if you wanted to run, say GTA Five, as fast as you could, you would have to use one of the AMD betas. Well, this is one of the first weekles that we've seen in a long time, and not only is it a weekle, but it adds a whole lot of new stuff. You say that word funny. The, by uh, the way. the what? You say that word funny by the Weakle. way. Weekle. You that's what you said. I say wickle. wickle? I was saying wickle? it like how he said it. Weekle? Weekle. I don't say it that's, that way. That's that's how I've heard Weakle. the video people and AMD say it before. Weekle. Wickle. Weekle. I mean it's it's not really a word, so it doesn't really matter it, how you say yeah, it. Yeah, it's W H Q L. Let's just Windows Hardware Qualities Laboratories. Still a thing. Yeah, because Microsoft knows uh, hardware. So they they uh, on all cards they have the uh, the refresh. What is it? The uh, the target frame rate target, essentially. Yep. Frame rate target control. Yep. Um. Gosh, I should probably pull up that article. I can't remember all the exact same things. But uh, the big one is that uh, FreeSync now actually works with Crossfire. Uh, it did not before. You only had to have a single card to make FreeSync work. They finally implemented that fix so that you could have Crossfire and FreeSync together. And uh, again, there there are multiple things with this release that they have. It's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, not only performance increases, but a bunch of extra features. Now, when uh, the Fury X came out, they released the Catalyst fifteen point fifteen beta. Uh, yeah, it's a beta. They didn't kind of number it as you would expect, obviously, because usually you'd see like 15.5, 15.6, depending on the month. But with 15.7, it is based on the 15.20 um, kind of base software. So it's more advanced than what we saw right. with the release of the Fury. So we're we're seeing and hearing of some better performance across the board. And not only that, but this is their first official Win 10 driver that you can mm. install and get full features and performance with. So this is it's kind of a big deal for yep. AMD. If you have Windows and 10 installed, you can run the uh, Windows update, and it will pull this new driver down now. Huh. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm just amazed Hot that my tips. GCN 1 cord is actually going to be able to do the virtual super resolution. I'm I'm really looking forward to the noises my poor 7950 is going to make when I upscale 3240 by 1920. It's going to be awesome. It's going to cry quite a bit, isn't it? Uh, there is a the link. The only bad thing is, oh, go ahead. You still can't do free sync in a window as compared to G sync <laughs> in a window. Sure. Well, I'm sure they're trying to figure that out too. So, so they're uh, yeah. So what they happens? don't have nearly as much control over the hardware, so we'll see. Somebody toyed with this that we know that has what happens if you have this, you're in crossfire, you turn on free sync, okay, good. Then you try to run a DX9 title. Does it just gracefully just you're only just using one GPU or does it just like No, I think it you 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 just don't get free sync. Oh, you free don't get free sync or so then you crossfire. Have to, like what what is the what do you have to do? Like, oh I have to play that DX9 game. So the, the DX, go and DX9 turn off with Crossfire still has issues with, like, their frame pacing technology was not implemented for DirectX 9. So you just get revert back to kind of, like, bad frame pacing. Okay. But that's aside from the FreeSync thing. I'm talking if you have a FreeSync panel, 
You have it set up with this driver. I don't, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I think FreeSync actually works with DX9 in a single GPU because... Right. Right, but like... Yeah. The yeah, thing is, once like, you get in crossfire, then things. Yeah, I'm just trying to that. figure out, like, what do you have to do before you run the DX9 game? If anything, do you have to go into the settings and turn off crossfire you so that you go, get free you, you have to go into the the source code and uh, convert <laughs> everything this. to DirectX 11. Oh, and it'll okay. Work just, just find and replace. As everybody in the chat keeps telling me, you just recompile for DirectX 12, and it's fine. exactly like, oh yeah, oh, don't good. be an idiot, Alan. Yeah, just recompile those DX9 games, and then you games. can install your NVIDIA and your AMD GPUs at the same time, and it will just work better. Oh. Plus, you can run G-Sync and FreeSync at the same you time. You know, with LucidLogic's Hydra lucid technology, tonight. you can run <laughs> Intel Integrated Graphics. LucidLogic is a fabulous semiconductor company. I've heard that before. I, I yeah. yeah. You mean fabulous? Uh, let's get into our hardware software picks of the week. <laughs> hey, one other thing about that. Are, are you going to test the frame rating type stuff? I don't know. I think we'll I, probably just ignore it. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, we, no, we no, wouldn't no, bother. The... the uh, their their feature of the uh, frame the rate target we, control. He means he means exactly. frame pacing and you know freezing. that that means like it's just a frame limiter, frame rate limiter. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, all right. People like frame curious, rate target so. control is is what Nvidia's had in the driver for a while in terms of frame rate limit, which is don't go higher than eighty five frames per second, and thus the GPU can downclock, and now you run at lower power, lower noise, yeah, etc. But it's not like as far as I, it had better had not affect frame pacing, right? It's just limiting the G, like it's telling GPU if you're rendering at 85 already, just stop asking. Well, yeah. you hope so. Maybe yeah. someone should take the time and. Okay, you verify. can do it. Well, send me yep, your. Yep, you can do it. Sebastian's yeah, got no, plenty of time to retest all those systems, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that true, Sebastian? I, I have a little bit of free time. All right, let's get to our hardware software, the picks of the week, because that's what I wanted to do. This, this used to be, I it guess technically it still is. It still is. A new, uh, a new inbox Voodoo uh, 3 2000 PCI, PCI. graphics card. Notice but it, it looks, used to be mint. Notice inbox. it looks a little wrinkly. We should be playing the funeral march right now. This is what happens when the condo above yours has a leaky water pipe. And it isn't a shrink wrap, but there was a tear near the bottom. Yeah, in the in the shrink. I would plastic. demand full payment for that. So video this card. is now a waterlogged, completely boxed. Yeah. Uh, 3DFX card. We'll do an we'll do an unboxing at some point. I mean, I'm sure Not the card now. is in a you know static bag. That's so it's it's probably it's going to be perfect in there. So we'll do but. an unboxing because the packaging is ruined now. It no longer has like there's still. Like there's moisture inside this. Just makes I think we should still leave the product in the static bag, though. Well, I'm gonna take it out. You know what I mean? Unboxing. You're gonna take it out of the bag? Oh well, we'll see. You know, if it's like a sealed. We're gonna thing. fire it up and build yeah. a retro gaming PC out of it. All right. By the way, this and was sold Descent. by an AMD K62 350. We'll play Descent. 64 megabytes of RAM. Optimized for 3DFX Stone version of Descent. Computers. And we can also play Mecha Warrior. I'm going to play Tiger Woods 99 with 3D Mech Warrior 2. Warrior 2. Optimized for It's very Voodoo. sad that this got, like, water damaged. It is. Like, this is like I can't one... believe you didn't use that $30 uh, certificate on that. You could have saved 30 bucks on... Yeah, yeah. yeah. This Zurich's is the chip. one thing that got damaged. Well, no, there was a set of playing cards that got water damaged. Yeah. But this is the only thing it happened that to happened be, to be sitting in the wrong spot. Yeah, directly it, it, under. It, it was directly under where directly the water Directly under the in. leak. Yes. Yeah. So that's it my should have been waterproof. It has plastic around it. Yeah, that's true. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, Alright, who's up first? Um, Jeremy? 
Well, you were. Now it's me. Now it's you. My my poor ancient Logitech MX510 finally decided that you know after a couple of billion clicks the right mouse button wouldn't work anymore. So I was looking for something that was reasonably priced. I actually got this for forty nine ninety nine, and didn't have seven hundred eighty three buttons on it. Didn't have a DPI of ninety six thousand, so that if I just <laughs> breathed on it, it leaped across the screen. And I looked around, and the Stereo Series Sensei Laser Gaming Mouse, the Sensei Raw, so it's like sushi, mm. uh, was what I picked up. And I've actually liking it a lot. It's got some very fat feet on the bottom of it. It's built for hands which are larger than your average person's because some of the mad cats, they're tiny. They're tiny little mice. Yeah. This is actually a, a decent size. Fits in the hand, has huge pads on it, which you can't see because, of course, it's white. Huge tracks of land. Huge. And it hasn't fell over, burnt down, and fallen into the swamp yet. That's plus. It's brilliant. So, you know, if you're looking for something in a gaming mouse, you don't need a million and one features because you're not a professional gamer that can actually operate at 9600 DPI. This is a pretty decent mice. And you can turn the lights off on it, which mouse. is just great because I don't need a glow in the dark mouse. It looks like I, I, it, it looks like a Microsoft. It does. It does. IntelliMouse. And actually, that was one of the things the that attracted it to me one. is that it looked about the same size as an IntelliMouse, and it is pretty much the same size as an IntelliMouse. That IntelliMouse that he finally switched off of to switch to this. <laughs> no, that was the MX Five Ten. MX Five Ten is is a legend. It's an amazing mouse. I actually ripped it apart, cleaned it, and got a few more clicks out of it but the pads are worn out and I, I was looking and I'm thinking when I bought that the fragging frogs were still playing UT 24 th- or 2004 because that was actually the UT that was here you go Jeremy time. buy this instead this is pretty decent and as much as I love some of the yeah there you go seriously <laughs> it, it is about the exact same size if you ever right. held one of those in your hands oh, yeah. if you thought it wasn't too big if you thought that was about the size of the mouse you wanted that is going to be matched with this. All right. All right. Who's next? Josh? Me. Go. Apparently, a lot of people I know are playing this. Yes, it's got bugs, but it's fun <laughs> and it looks pretty good. Oh, it's Minecraft you meant like dinosaurs. People in the forum were talking about this earlier. Yes, it's got issues, but damn it. You can ride dinosaurs, you can punch them. Ride dinosaurs. Can, Holy crap, I'm in. Build. You can build enclaves with friends. It's like DayZ that actually works, except the zombies are dinosaurs. All right. For only 29 bucks right now. Wait, are they zombie dinosaurs by chance? No, they are not zombie dinosaurs. Look at not that yet, light anyways. through that dragon. Zombie I Dinosaur know. Simulator 2000. Plus giant scorpions. I think it's UE 4.0, but I'm not sure. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. That probably explains why it looks so dang good. It looks nice. They're probably using that. Wasn't UE4 the one with the awesome like en- engine designing engine for like building your levels and stuff? They had the big press hoopla. About that it. was, uh, but that was specifically for Unreal Tournament, I think. No, I think it was just for the game in general, like for the game engine in general. Mm, like, maybe. For, yeah. There, there's also a button where you can poop on demand. There's a poop button. There's a poop button. Outstanding. Poop can you button. collect poop? You I do collect so. poop, actually. Nice. Yeah. Poopsmith. Josh is in. Josh is in. He's ready to go. <laughs> Roll in it. All right, Alan. What do you got? Uh, we kind of spoiled it already earlier in the podcast, but 32 cents a gig, man. 
500 gig, 850 Evo, $162. If you were waiting, you might as well just get it because that's the cheapest I've seen it in a long time. Hmm. Might as well buy three. I mean, 32 cents a gig. If you buy four, you can put them in RAID 0 and have two terabytes for... A couple hundred bucks uh, cheaper than... $640. Uh, for <laughs> about three months until one of them dies, inevitably. <laughs> Is there a ceiling to using the onboard... Yeah. Intel RAID caps out at about three and a half SSDs worth mm. of performance for like. So you really do need four to saturate it at RAID. Up. Yeah, if you fully want to saturate uh, the DMI on the other side of it, basically the link that goes to the controller between that and the CPU is capped at around three and a half uh, SATA six gigabits worth in total. Yeah. Scales very good all the way up to that three and a half and even to the four. You'll still scale higher in like IOPS where you're not saturating the mm. the throughput. That's a pretty good deal. 161 bucks. Yeah. It's better than buying the one terabyte in terms of cost per gig. So all right. And uh our remote reporter, you're in uh last here. What do you what do you got for us? <laughs> Well, if you uh, have a baby coming nope. and you Ryan. don't want to spend a lot of money on Ooh, yeah, furnishing the room Past that tense. used to be your office, then Ryan. I recommend going to Ikea because <laughs> you can buy a crib and just about everything else you need for about the price of a crib. So, And it looks nice. And it's stylish. And as you can see behind me, <laughs> you're making track of Before you put the Amazon list up. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I still have my my Amazon based baby registry. But only I baby did baby registry. Amazon registry. My baby based Amazon. Yeah, you don't want to have a baby based, <laughs> baby based Amazon, Amazon registry. <laughs> I have an Amazon based baby registry. Huh. Yeah, that seems to make the most sense. IKEA crib mattresses and baby textiles. Yeah, or that just sounds weird, doesn't it? Else. Baby textiles, and they like, even have are some they made toys from babies. They, they do have toys. They even have some toys. I bought some. They have like the, like wooden train sets and. Blocks and all kinds of stuff. You know, like, They've got soundproofing. Wooden train sets. And I mean, IKEA's pretty good about making stuff out of wood. So, you know. Reciprocating saws. But look at the Vandering Inglegot. <laughs> Squeaky toy. It'll, it'll give you nightmares. <laughs> oh, come on. The kid's growing up with dogs. Wait, what? Cut out. Toy. Go a little further down. What's what's the, one of those things called? Mula? 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 The, how can these all be Mula? It's, that is a, a cost. You obviously a don't know Swedish. Because they cost very little moolah. Crane with blocks, stacking rings, toy hammering block. And look at those prices. Th- those are very, very cheap expensive. for kids' toys. Yep. There's yeah. nothing will that's never not know cheap the difference until he's older and then realizes how stingy <laughs> I was. <laughs> those might be toys that the kid might play with instead of playing with the box that the toy came in, maybe? Hmm. Might be but a the box is flat pack, so you want them to play with. Yeah, that the problem is that's that's what they do that on purpose. So there's no good box. That's why the bo- kids yeah. wouldn't play with the box. Yeah, I just hope it keeps them distracted long enough for me to get all of my stuff at least four or five feet up in the air. Yeah, away. Good, good luck. We need him distracted long and enough for him to, to turn to eighteen testing. and move out. I will say <laughs> that's uh, how long it's going to take for me to clean up all of my stuff. I will say that yeah. the IKEA Calax do come with wall mount brackets. To keep and, them from tipping over? And, no, and no, you can actually mount them. Like I have mine like a couple feet off the ground in my living room. Well, this is not an IKEA podcast, guys. I'm just saying, now. like you can do that. It's, it's always look at it. <laughs> it's always an IKEA podcast. But yeah, just to look it? at it. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> just don't let the kid get their hands on the Allen key because you don't want to know what a kid can do with an Allen key. 
Oh. That's true. It's like the one key to unlock all of your furniture. Yep. <laughs> one key to rule them all. <laughs> you come home, everything's just like all back in the flat pack. Wow. I packed it up for you. Oh, my God. And I tore up the instructions and ate them. Uh, you don't need instructions. IKEA furniture is yeah. very easy to put together. As long as none of the speaker drivers or tweeters have any damage, I think I'll be okay. Okay. All right, everybody. That's going to round up the show for us tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcast is the URL you should go to to find all of our back episodes, uh, videos, YouTube embeds of all the, the past episodes. And again, PCPro.com slash subscribe if you want to be notified when we do these live streams. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Hang out in the chat room uh, on PCPro.com slash live. At PCPro on Twitter. At PCPro on Twitter. You can go to YouTube.com slash PCPro. You can go to Facebook.com slash PCPro. You can go to Twitter.com slash PCPro. Per, which is really the same thing that the guy uh, I pointed over there, but I meant to no, point in remote. Yeah. It's really, really far away. So yeah. far away. Uh, Skype works amazing things for us. Right? Yeah, we've we got, got zero. We've got somebody Skype. in Wyoming. We've got somebody in uh, Canada. We've got somebody in like Spain. Are you in Spain now? He's in Afghanistan. He's a Catalonian. Afghanistan. I, I can't reveal my exact location, but okay. I am yeah. a little bit further east. I think you're probably west. Okay. In his next video, he'll show the newspaper but, uh, in front of him right. to prove the date. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week with another PC Perspective podcast. Thanks, everyone. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. I'm Alan Mamontano. I'm Sebastian Peake. Goodbye. <laughs>